I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's episode is with a gentleman that contacted me because of all of you who have written a review or subscribed to the show. My ratings are improving each week. And it's because of that is why I get these amazing people that three years ago, I would never dreamed of were contacting me to come on my show. His name is Bill Phillips. He is a psychic medium and is the author of Expect the Unexpected, Signs from the Other Side, and the most recent book that I had he sent to me to read, which I absolutely loved, is called Soul Searching, Tune into Spirit and Awaken Your Inner Wisdom. His life's mission is to help people deal with the grief of losing loved ones by bringing through validations, evidential information, and beautiful messages from spirit, which heal and bring a sense of peace. He conducts individual and small and large group readings and has appeared on high-profile television programs like Dr. Phil and Access Hollywood. And he also lives right up the freeway in Orange County, California. I really, really enjoyed the book. And I love books that you can like, it's interactive. They give you assignments at the end. It kind of keeps me like going. And I know I'm learning something because I'm putting what I learned on paper after I read the chapter. It really taught me a lot and I, you're really going to love him. But I was looking at his, like what they send the book and I wanted to read it because this is probably what will catch your attention when you understand why I love the book. He writes in the book, the rational mind can limit our thinking by shutting out the spiritual side of our being, essentially blocking us from an entire realm of potential possibility. When we acknowledge spirit's energy within us and allow ourselves to let go, surrender, my favorite word, and believe in something larger than ourselves, an incredible shift happens on a soul to mind level. And I know most of you who know me know that I love the word surrender. When I teach that, when people understand that life is always perfect, and when you're going down that path and you just surrender, that is where you're guided and your intuition kicks in and you're, you're like on hyper awareness because you have surrendered to the plan, to God's plan, to your higher self, and you're listening and you're noticing things. An amazing example. I just returned from Presley's eighth grade field trip on the East coast, eight days. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was, I never have learned so much in a week. I don't think, you know, I realize why they give these kids an eighth grade, this trip. It's, it's a, a huge gift. And there was only two moms and a sister that came on as chaperones. So 
I got to really watch these kids and I'm looking at them from this different perspective. First of all, they don't have their phones and I'm, you know, me, I'm so happy about that. But when you're looking at these kids and we're, we don't have any social media, we don't, we don't have technology and they're going through their day, like they're surrendering to life. They're looking around, they're looking up, they see the magic. We saw so much magic, but the one thing that I really realized in this, in this trip was when you surrender to life and when you just allow and go, because, you know, when you're on a trip in a bus with, there was two schools, so, you know, it's busy and you're out of your routine. Like, you know, I love my routine. I surrendered and there was so much magic. And I think when you go somewhere, it's like the unknown and, I was looking at it like, wow, that's a long time. I need to get podcasts done. I have clients that I need to, when I get to the hotel, we stayed at, I think four different hotels over the eight days, you know, that I had to think about, but I really, like, I've really learned, especially since Coot, if you haven't listened to Coot Blackson, I mean, his podcast was all about magic of surrender, but I, I used that word this last week and I, grew a friendship on one of the moms that I was, it was unexpected. And I, you know, you just go and you love and you embrace the moment. And, you know, I want my girls to get that. And I just try to show them and explained it to Presley when we were on the trip. And I said, look at when you're not on your phones and you're looking around and you're learning so much about Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and the magic that those people lived in their lives and what they discovered and what we're learning from them. And gosh, I think it just uh, like it cements in their brain so much more and there's going to be a memory for life. So my wish to all of you, especially after you listen to Bill, is it is the surrender. It is allowing, it is just going and listening to that intuition, but being so present, that was another present of this trip was the present being present. These kids were present. It was like a miracle just to see them laughing and finding games to play when they didn't have phones to look at, having to have a conversation and listening to these tour guides who know a wealth of information of this history that any history book could never teach, but yeah, I just, I, I'm fresh off that bus, but I wanted to relate kind of what I learned from Bill in this interview with, you know, there is so such magic when you are focused and looking around and you're not distracted. And this is just this life that especially raising kids for me, like teaching them to be in the moment. Those are the memories that will last forever between Presley and I, for sure, this last trip. But anyway, I just, I had to share that because I really realized how I can get caught up in the days away and not being with, you know, Richard and Paige and the dogs and all these things that were like compounding. But when I got there, I knew I had this intention. I'm going to be so present. I'm going to take away any expectation. I'm going to allow and just let this trip flow. And we laughed so hard. 
we created the most amazing memories. And I really look at it like we all were in that place of surrender and we didn't know what to expect. It was late nights, early mornings, but we did it and it was so fun. So had to share that. Anyway, I thank you all again for being here. This is episode 160. Uh, Amazing. And I hope that when you do listen and you do respond to me and you do tell me, I'm so appreciative of that. But I just want you to know that I'm just grateful for the, the loyalty. And I know all of you, when you do connect with me and tell me, you know, what you learned from an episode that I do deep down appreciate that. Cause sometimes you sit here and wonder as a podcast, you don't have any, you don't know if anyone's listening. I mean, I can go to the insights and see, but you know, it just helps when I know. So thank you all to all of you who reach out to me after an episode comes out that touched your soul. And today I think will be the same. So I hope anyway, anyway, thank you again and enjoy the episode. So please welcome Bill Phillips to the show. Welcome, Bill. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. And thank you for being here. I told you before we hit record, I see your website and how busy you are. And to be able to spend this hour with you is beyond grateful. And to have done my research, (laughs) I always say rabbit hole, but it's true because I, once I started reading your book, last week in Cabo and listening to like your podcast that you've been on your videos. I was like, he gets to come on to uncover your magic. I get to uncover his magic from my people. <laughs> like, wow, this is a huge gift. So thank you. Oh, it's very much equally received. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. So I look at life very similar. I don't have, I know we all have the same gifts, but your gift is, um, ignited in this lifetime, but I look at your life and your, um, journey and how you got to be here in your what late Mm thirties. Okay. So I go back to when you, your childhood and I'm thinking, wow, you know, I have children that are 14 and 16 and I'm thinking, you know, your mom passed away when you were 14, 14. So that would have been my youngest right now. Me, I go, I reflect on my life right? When I'm listening to your story, but then I look back and think, wow, your mom, you know, as a soul group or soul contract did something so amazing that if, if you can look at it from the higher perspective to, for you, like she was, you could say, wow, mom, look what you did. You came into my life, did the drugs, kidnapped me to move to New York and all this stuff. But she did that for you. You know, do people look at childhood and we all have our programs and things that we've taken on for our whole life to believe are true, but really aren't. But what you have done in that, in what she has given you is like such a gift. Would you believe that? And you want to start kind of in that, take it from there, Bill? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That's a great way of looking at it. And it's basically what I stand for. So I truly know in hindsight that we had this arrangement pre-birth, you know, and of course, with anyone's agreement being here in this physical world, there's always lessons that we have agreed upon, you know, and so from that perspective, knowing that I came into this world in, in survival mode, let's just say, you know, I was born premature and, and I survived that, you know, and then 
to have my mom and I's connection as well and all that we went through together too and all that we continue to go through together as well just in a different form is really quite amazing and I believe that that was the um, catalyst for me actually um, going down this path and not letting what could have you know really derailed my life years ago or maybe it would have been a much different situation I saw it as a gift but it took it took a lot of years of really undoing all of the childhood programming, which is still a work in progress. It probably always okay. will be. But um, looking at it from that perspective and looking at it from the perspective of this was given to me for a purpose to share it, you know, and to help others. And that's my guiding light in this life, actually. So, right. Yes. Will you explain? Mm-hmm. So when, when you were 14, you weren't with your mother, you were with your father. Yes. And you got a call that you had to come see your mom because she was passing away from pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what happened was when I was almost 10, my mom had fallen on in one of her cycles again. So the people that were living in New York, they found my family back on the West Coast and they basically shipped me back to, you know, to California and because of the mistrust and, you know, the being kidnapped and the hiding, they would not let me see my mom. So it was really quite challenging. I know that I was being protected on some level as well, but it was definitely traumatic. And so I was able to go out on a Friday red eye and see her on Saturday when she was on her deathbed and to say goodbye to her physically. That was very, very, I thought my life was over at that point as a 14 year old. I thought that life wasn't worth living. But a few nights later, I had this incredible experience. And I woke up to her there with me in the room. And life has never been the same since that experience, actually, even though I had had my own experiences as a child. And of course, being told I had a very vivid imagination. So my higher self accepted that truth. And it kind of went dormant for some years, you know, and then it was reactivated in, in that moment. And with a lot of trial and error and a lot of just my own soul searching as a teenager, you know, and young adult, I was able to find a trust within myself and within spirit that has definitely been healing for me as well in that process. Right. So when you explain, when I hear you explain, you saw your mother two days after she passed away, it was a vision and she was just telling you that she was okay. You knew it was her. She looked just like she did when she passed away. She looked very much like just the most beautiful version of herself without any, any of the earthly things that maybe had brought her down. She was free of all that. She was glowing. And it was something for me. I remember the next morning when I woke up going and really just examining the room and going like, what happened? And how did this happen to me? You know, and having to really keep that information to myself and just having a lot of fear about sharing it with people. And I feel like a lot of people, especially right now as well in the world, go through a very similar experience actually. And they're in the same place of, they feel like they can't share that information or they feel like they're going to be judged or ridiculed for having this experience that Really, we all came to you know experience on some level. We're all here to really feel our way through life and to view life from that higher spiritual perspective. So my my intention as well with my work too is to really empower people to sort of step more into their you know higher knowing, 
too, that they're just as capable of receiving that connection if they're, if they're open and willing to. Yes. When this book, Soul Searching, that I'm, that is your latest book, I know you've written two other books and that we'll get into because I really, like I said before we hit record, that I really just, it was such a neat book because at the end of each chapter, it gives you a lesson. And it's a, a page, you know, that you just do. And I can, the breathing and the meditation and the visualization and even the chapter titles are simple. It's not where you have to go, what is he talking about? And try to figure it out. It's just so clear and gives you this, this weight off your shoulders. Like this is how easy it can be. You know, life doesn't have to be this hard. Thank you for saying that because that was my complete intention with this book as well. And I consider myself pretty simple minded. So I know that I can get lost in something if I don't know what's going on. And I really wanted us to really break it down to the very basics to show people that it's already a part of who you are. It's already there. You know, you're, you're already visualizing. You're already having this experience. Why not um, go deeper with it? You know, and of course, without being daunted by the experience, I also put the intention into this book that it'd be sort of subconscious that when the when the reader reads you know each chapter that there's a higher knowing going on or absorption going on as well so that through reading the practices and you know going forward through the book they are in essence you know going to the next level perhaps of their own understanding you know mm-hmm. and it all goes back to that uh, programming or reprogramming that we all have come here to do on some level. Right. Give, explain that to me. The way you look at life is we're these souls. We have this higher self, a little part of our soul is in this body. We've chosen to come here mm-hmm. to learn. This is school, basically, earth school. Absolutely. This is, there's no time mm-hmm. in this other, but we're here to learn on a linear time frame. But tell me how like lives before, I know you believe in past lives and you know, soul groups and all that stuff. Can you give a kind of a little synopsis of what you, how you view that? So I believe that our soul groups are comprised of not only our blood family, but those souls that we've come here to learn and experience with from previous lifetimes. And those connections can go down and be as basic as a colleague in school or, or a professional colleague too. They're just souls that we've traveled with through lifetimes. And I, I find a lot of the time, the souls that are here to hurt us as well, you know, they're the ones that really did sign up to join us on this journey, because part of that journey of being here is understanding that our who we are and what we're made up of is this energy of love. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more besides that. And so when we come in to learn how to remove the layers of our conditioning that kind of cover up that love and that, that sensitivity, a lot of growth can happen in that time and space. And that's where the evolution happens too. And I, I really do believe that forgiveness is a pinnacle in our on our journey here, you know, of sort of disconnecting us and unshackling us from really what pulls us down in this life and what, what, and what weighs us down. And when we look at life from that perspective, it's not being done to us necessarily, but we've signed up to go through these lessons and to experience what we have and 
to take the blame off of anyone else, not to take it personally, but just to know that we are learning and evolving. And it's always our choice how we view those lessons. Right. When you talk about relationships and toxic thing, you know, and all the, and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was thinking about you and your relationships when you now at this stage of your life, you're young. I mean, I I'm 54 and I, it took me, I didn't get married till I was your age. So I like was, you know, had done all the work, (laughs) but you know, it's always work. It's not, I don't want to say work is hard, but relationships are the biggest teacher. But when you, in this book, you write about freeing yourself from even looking at somebody as wrong or bad, you know, and not looking at their traits, you know, it could be, I don't know what you, you have some great examples, but explain that and why that's so important in soul searching. You know, it really is because I find that those quote unquote toxic relationships, and I don't even want to label it. So right. Me either. Term, but we have to give it some kind of, of, of knowing. They really are there as a, as a teacher to us. And, and I find too, because I had mine years ago where I realized that I hadn't quite healed from my childhood, you know, and I was attracting people that needed a lot of healing themselves. And what I found during a particular relationship actually was I had this person came in for me as a lesson of my own self-worth. And not only that, but my own boundaries as well with the world around me. So I viewed this this toxic relationship as more so as a lesson plan of what I needed to learn in those moments to ascend within my own self and what I had to learn to kind of grow stronger within myself as well, to have boundaries, to be able to say the word no, because up until that point, that was a hard lesson for me back then, you know? So I really do believe that not only are they sent to us to help us from a higher perspective, like a divine intervention, but there's an element to it as well of attracting a part of who we are to us too, that maybe needs to be healed or maybe needs to be revisited. And Mm -hmm. I believe that I learned this lesson years ago, you know, when when somebody like really irks you or gets under your skin, you know, and, and thinking like, why am I feeling this way? And then really having the, the spiritual knowledge of going, how is this teaching me a lesson right now? What part of myself is a direct correlation of what I'm seeing exactly. from somebody else, you know? So I find that when you're able to look at it in those terms, you're able to diffuse the ego, you know, and you're able to kind of quiet it down as much as we can when we're here in this life. But the ego is going to always want to have the cycle. It's going to always want to place blame and be the victim, you know? And so when you're able to really have this awareness of how those two parts of ourselves exist and what they're, what they're here to accomplish, the uh, survival aspects of, of being human, but also the thriving aspects as well and the co-creation aspects and sort of understanding that you have the superpower here that really is being underutilized and stepping into your power and it's all connected. Right. Oh, it is so connected. Just listening to you. I almost see you when you're talking, you know, I know we all channel, but I just, I I feel you just, it just comes through you. Like it's from somewhere. <laughs> it's amazing to watch you talk. I love it. So, much. Um, so anyway, let's, I'm going to go back a little bit and then we'll come back to the book. But when you were 18, that's kind of when you started believing because you were an opera singer. 
Yes. You went to San Francisco for singing opera. Like, I it's amazing. I would love to hear you sing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can definitely send you some stuff. When I was in high school, music became a very big foundation for me of just safety as well. But within that safety, I found that I had this, this you know, amazing talent. And so um, I had people there pushing me to go in that direction. And it happened at the same time that I was discovering this other talent and gift as well. And it was very confusing for me because especially back then, this was not as mainstream as it is today by any means. Right. So actually, when I was 15, a few weeks after my mom's her transition to spirit, I was walking down the strip mall close to where I lived. And I remember the psychic coming out and telling me, you have this amazing ability. You're going to, you know, you'll know more about it in three years and you're going to, you know, really help a lot of people. And I thought, you know, I laughed it off as a teenager, of course. Literally three years later, I, I found myself entering this metaphysical classroom randomly and that evening really understanding what was going on with myself. And so it all began really in that moment of validation. And of course, I still try to run from it. It's scary. You do? I, well, back then I did. Oh, oh, yeah. oh no, 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 no. Back, back then as, as <laughs> okay. a 19 year old. So I got into the conservatory and I went there and what happened was that spirit followed me. <laughs> I really could not escape it. And so I, I found that um, when I wasn't like thriving, let's just say, or if I felt stagnated, you know, whenever I gave a reading to somebody even back then as well, it really lifted me up and I, and I saw what, you know, what was happening. So long story short, after upon graduation, it was just very clear what my path was. It was also very scary too to kind of come out of the closet for the second time in a very short time. So <laughs> when I did that, the rest has been history, but it really was one of those things where once I kind of gave permission and opened the door, things moved pretty quickly for me. And that was my validation too from spirit, you know, that I was right. on the right path and the word had spread. And so uh, grateful to be here today. Right. And so when the word is spreading, you're just doing session, you're just starting to read people, like helping them. Well, so basically, um, even back from when I was, you know, 18, and I had done a reading for a friend of a friend, and then they had this wonderful experience. So they told their friends and they told their friends. And so even before I left to go to the conservatory, I had people calling me like left and right. And I was still in a space where I wasn't willing to accept it fully at that point. There was still a lot of um, programming that had to be undone. So I found myself going up, you know, to San Francisco and on the down low, giving readings basically. And that that also transferred into faculty as well, you know, and then them talking about oh, funny. Other faculty and then that word spreading as well to other people in the industry. Um, but once I, once I, you know, made the intention and, and went out there, I found that the word spread really rapidly. So there was, I was being invited to go do events and then I, I was being interviewed and then things happened really, really effortlessly around me. And so it was a big testament that uh, it was out of my control. It was something right. else from beyond that was guiding me. And so I always tell people, I did not seek out when I was a kid, you know, when, when you have those, those school moments of what do you want to do when you grow up? I was right. 
I want to be a medium and talk with other people. That was not at all my intention, but that's sort of how I believe any calling really um, transpires as it kind of really does call out to you. And it usually happens in moments of, of tragedy too, you know, when you are at your bottom or, or when you feel like you just don't know who you are in those moments, it reveals itself. Yeah. And, you know, like you've written three books and, you know, I look back and think, are you learning? Cause I mean, just reading this one, I haven't read the other two. Is it all like self-taught? How are you getting all this? Is it life experience? What you've learned from the other side, from yeah. your readings and all that? A lot of it is self-taught in the sense of learning through other people's readings as well, you know, and learning the lessons and learning the connections and being aware of like themes that are coming through in other people's sessions. So beyond validating who's around them, maybe certain themes about forgiveness or maybe certain themes about finding things that are healthy for them or, you know, kind of owning their own power on their journey and and their own co-creation. So a lot of it too, for me is going within and finding what works for me. So this book in particular really came out of the effect of for myself, knowing what was helping me in times of great Mm. need, you know? And so during three years ago when the world shut down, basically, I found that there was a great need to kind of ascend beyond that fear cloud. I called it the the fear cloud and that we all had really the free will to tune into it or to not tune into that energy source. And so what began happening was sitting in meditations and doing my own, you know, journalings and just contemplating, thinking about what was helpful for me, I felt would be helpful for other people as well. And so I, that's really what brought this book to fruition. And you started it in 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't slow down. I'm sure your work, cause you do it over zoom. Mm-hmm. You're not just in person. Oh yeah. No, no. I actually, it was a great gift to me because in February of 2020, I had made a comment to my partner of like, I need a break from the traveling. It was just kind of like a lot at the time, you know, and I, I made a statement like, I wish I could just work from home more often, you know, and within a month's time, that's what shifted and, and began for me. And there was a great gift, actually, I find in in that time frame and being home and really seeing what was there in front of me to be grateful for as well. And within those moments, too, There was so much loss as well during this time period. A lot of people were exiting via their own doing, you know, and so there there became an even greater need in those moments to help people. And within those moments as well of just feeling everyone's grief and everyone's fear and sorrow, and it it was overwhelming for me at the time. So I really wanted to help people show them to the best of my ability, how they could go within and ground themselves. And really, the great part about life is that we're living in this inner world every day. We're just not calling it that, you know, we're living in our minds, and we're living in that space. And that's the space that we connect with energy. And that's the space that we connect with the other side. And that's the space that we connect with spirit. So it's really about just having an awareness of that energy source and and not, not letting it be some like magical thinking, but really understanding that it's real. Yes, for sure. When you were working with these people that had passed or working with the people that had had people that passed during 
this last three years where they people saying, I chose to leave this earth at this time. This was my plan. I mean, I feel like that is, you know, suicide is that way. They plan. It's all part of their soul plan. A lot of it was um, statements about how this world became too heavy for them. And it it was too much. So a lot of the, the feedback I got as well from spirit, especially these souls, was that they had found a great freedom and a great gift in their transition. And as much as that is hard for the living to hear, you know, in the physical world to hear, it's not about us. It's about everyone's own journey. Even before this time period, even years ago too, I find that my mom has a big part of this, by the way. It's part of her agreement too. But I find that she definitely nudges people to me that she knows I will have a reference for or a connection for as well that I'll have compassion for. So Hmm. I find myself connecting with people that have lost loved ones through addiction or through overdose or suicide, because they know that there's no judgment coming from me as Hmm. a vessel of that information. And that's really been super um, important for me on my journey is having holding space for them as well. Do you connect with your mom a lot? Is that a like a daily communication? It, it definitely is. And a lot oh, of it, I love that. it's not like I, it's not like I'm seeing her physically every day. That's not how it works for me, but it, it's about just owning this dialogue, this back and forth and feeling the energy source. And again, it goes back to having that awareness of energy in the first place. But this actually was more so in my second book, but um, my mom has been very, good about leaving me these signs over the years, you know, um, just in the most incredible ways. And not a day goes by that I don't receive one of those signs from her. And so helping people that way too, to show them how to keep an open vessel and an open mind to how spirit wants to work in the background, how they are the ones orchestrating us to bump into people, you know, and hey, that, you know, how you got rear-ended that one time a few weeks ago? Hey, that was your mom helping you out. You just, you know, you don't know that yet, but you will soon, you know, everything is being orchestrated on that level. That's beyond our physical way of thinking about things. Right. And so when we are able to own that dialogue with spirit, give them permission and continue that dialogue that's back and forth, it really begins a life of its own, you know? And I find that a lot of people really find out like, there's more to this life. I'm right. seeing it now firsthand. I'm seeing the signs assembled. I'm putting it together. There's no way that this could have happened to me, you know, previously with my other way of thinking. Right. Yes. It is an awareness. I, my dad passed away when my daughter was two days old. It was like a life in and a life out. And it's been 17 years. It'll be 17 years in, in May. And I connect with him after listening to you and your signs and gosh, we have the the songs come the same song. It happened uh, this last weekend with my mom and my sister, when we were talking about him, we were just sitting there talking and the song comes on and we're just like shocked, you know, like there he is, you know, I have the owls and the, you know, and then I was listening to you today and you're talking, you know, just having that awareness and being in, I mean, I love my walks in the morning with my dogs, you know, and I am so present and it's being present in the moment, like you talk about, and you know, the hummingbird came as soon as you were talking about something. And I said, see, there it is again. It's a communication. They're not gone. 
I'm probably closer to my dad now than I was when he was in physical form in a human body. You know, it's just such a fun relationship. That's usually the case because it takes out the it takes out the, the the human ego side of things, you know. But also, um, just to kind of add to that message for you is a lot of times within my work and within my readings, what I find is that when a grandparent leaves within a short time of a grandchild's birth, let's just say, it's all designed that way. It's designed in a way for them to leave the physical to be a guide to that grandchild, to that next of kin within the family line. And that's how soul groups work as well. You know, they leave when they're supposed to, and they're there to guide the living. So I find a lot of times that our loved ones that are, you know, in spirit, they are our guides. Mix up with other people that we never knew in this life as well. But a lot of times, though, there is a direct correlation to that connection and to how everything has happened the way that it did. Do we all plan our death or is, I know you talk a lot about free will and, you know, we can choose a different path. You didn't have to, you could have said yes to singing the opera or singing opera. You didn't have to go down. That could have been another path. The timelines, are you in one life singing opera in this life? You're doing that? I was going to say, I don't want to sound too woo woo, but that's um, what I've experienced too, is that there's so much, we are living in different universes and different worlds and those worlds collide sometimes you know but our life of free will when it comes to leaving the physical sense of things I believe that we have like a a roadmap let's just say you know and on that roadmap you can exit or you can stay so I believe that we have a handful of exit points on our journey here's a great example this happened to me when I was 16. I was in a really bad car accident where I saw my life flash before me in that millisecond. And the doctors were like, this is a miracle. You should not have survived this. And I realized afterwards, many years later, by the way, that that was one of my exit points, but I was not done here yet. I still had to continue that journey. And I I find that there's so much resilience in that too. This could also be with someone that maybe... um, Let's say they felt a nudge to go see the doctor. And then when they were sitting in the office, they found a tumor in her breast. And this led to the beginning of stage one breast cancer, but she survived it because she listened to that inner knowing, you know, and then that was one of her potential exit points, but she kept going. So it really just depends. It's not a one size fits all for anyone. It's all dependent upon their intention and what they want in this life that transcends to the next life. But that intention is something that's so big. And it's something that we use daily. We're not always aware that we're using it, but we're always in, we're always in that space of setting the intention. Yeah. You're big on setting the intention. And I love that because I, it's like a superpower. Is that what you, I think you call it a super, I, your superpower. I, I call it that. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think that it's, it's something that encapsulates who we are, you know, as a soul inhabiting a body and that energy source and being able to really vibrate at that experience that we're wanting to have, you know, and, and, and not only just about, it's not about physical things, all, you know, it's also about invisible things, energy, relationships. So there's days where I'll just like be outside and I will just conjure up the most love and the most light that I can possibly feel. And I'll just 
send it out to the universe, knowing that that energy is going to meet up with me in a couple of hours, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of letting go of it and, and letting it come back to me like a slingshot. And that has been a really exciting part of my journey too. Whenever my earthbound side takes over, you know, or I find myself a little bit stuck or stagnant, it's my go-to. Right. You talk about like you were talking about in the book about Ukraine and how you picture like, I just always know that one person can change the vibration. You know, it's just one, that one person and everyone knew that, but you really talk about the prayer versus meditation. And will you explain that and how you, the power of just even in your mind, thinking of as an example, using the war in Ukraine, as you did in the book. That's a great one, too, because this was well over a year ago. I think it's been like a year and a half or so when, you know, people thought things were going to go a lot differently there with this person. And what I find is that there's a collective energy happening, too, when we're praying, you know, and so it's almost like energy combining together consciously, acting as a barrier, too. So in this sense, it was it was about calling upon, you know, Archangel Michael to come in as a protector. But how many times a day does someone pray to to Michael? Often, actually, you know, so we're all kind of connecting to that web of energy when we're in that space of prayer. And I I feel like prayer is, you know, the calling card. It's sort of, um, it's speaking to God, you know, it's speaking to spirit, it's speaking to the universe. And then the other side of that is listening, meditation, you know, going within and listening in after you make your statement. So again, it really does go back to this this dialogue and this back and forth way of communicating with our all-knowing self, with our higher self that we're all designed to do when we're here. And when we keep doing it, just the same way that we take a shower every day and we brush our teeth, you know, hopefully twice a day, it's the same kind of concept where we're supposed to be using it often. We're supposed to be using it daily because It is our connection to where we come from, you know, and when we connect with that, with that place of all knowingness, um, it takes away the physical sensations that weigh us down, you know, and the fear and and the unknown or the anxieties. So, and it's also empowering too, being in that space, you know? Yeah. Gosh, yes. I was listening to some interview about someone asked you, so when they're, the souls are, you know, in in the different in a in heaven, say, mm-hmm. and you're saying, yeah, they're doing everything that they want to do. They're like, are they, you know, what are they doing in there? Anything they want to be doing. When, but when you when you are reading someone and you're like, oh, that your dad just came through. He's he's been playing golf or he's been going to the beach. He's with you with your like, you know, how do you see that? How do you see that they're doing that? Because they don't have eyes They, you know, what we're all, it's energy. It's a light being, right? You see yeah. the light. The yeah. energy. And it really is. It's a different way of communicating. I always tell people before I begin a reading with them that this is not how we're communicating right now. It's not, you know, and it requires me to understand that back and forth language on my own. It also requires me to understand how these charades work as well, because spirit likes to communicate in charades. Just um, random, random experiences that that me or the medium has gone through as a way to validate that they're around. So a lot of times, just depending on the experience, let's say it was someone that um, passed right after retirement, you know, and again, 
they love to go fishing, you know, they'll probably show me the boat as a reference point for that, you know, and they'll, they'll build the dialogue with that too. It's just for me as the vessel, what I find is I have to just get out of the way with it and let the information flow through once I know who I'm connecting with. And it's very, very simple. How, how you were saying, going back to the chapters in the book too, it's very simplistic that way. That's how spirit communicates. And it's reminding me, I was reading for this woman um, not long ago and her mother came through very clearly. It was a beautiful reading. And then at one point, her mom just showed me the color blue. And so again, very, very minimal. So I was, you know, telling her, your mom keeps showing me blue. Does that mean anything to you? And she's like, well, she liked blue. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think that's what it is. So at the end of her session, I had said, do you have any questions? You know, and she's like, yeah, my childhood dog passed after my mom transitioned. I wanted to know if he was okay. And I said, okay, sure. What was his name? And she goes, blue. Blue. Ah. And then it hit her, you know, over the head. Uh. That's how it works. And it reminds me too, years ago, well over 10 years ago, I was reading for somebody and her dad came through and I had a moment of struggle with this one because at this time it was all about trust and he kept showing me a pig and I didn't want to say this, so this silly statement of a pig. It just, it just didn't feel, it just seemed like, uh, you know, my, my rational mind was um, trying to take over in that moment. And she goes, she, she saw me struggling and she goes, just say it. What is it? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, he keeps showing me a pig, you know, and she just like fell out of her chair. And it was a moment of great validation because she explained that the pig was the name of like this, this family store that had been passed down through the generations and how it was just sold. It had a lot of meaning to it, you know, but my role as the medium is not to really rationalize any of it, just to kind of be the voice box and not not to analyze it, not to edit it, just to get it out of my mouth as quickly as it comes to me. Right. And yeah, and you were saying in one um to one person that, you know, if you don't get what I'm saying right now, like if I said the pig and you're like, oh, I don't know what that is, it'll come. You'll get why I'm saying that. There will be something that you're that confident in that. I am only because when I first began this journey, that's what it looked like for me where I was connecting with somebody. This was actually one of my very, very first readings when I was 18. And this woman came to me and her mom came through and and there was validation. But then at one point I was getting information about her long lost love and, and I got his name and, and she was like, well, you know, that was eight years ago. I haven't seen him in eight years, you know? And I said, well, hold on to this because, you know, your mom is giving it to me and I want to share this with you. Anyways, long story short, she called me back the next day and she was sobbing and she explained that when she got home that night, there was a voicemail on her answering machine. This is the time when we had answering machine. Okay. And it was from that person nearly a decade ago. So there was a validation for me, but it all goes back down to... When we think about time and space, we're sort of programmed in a way to believe that we live with time and calendars and clocks and those types of things. But the reality of it is that those are just peripherals. We're not living in that space. You know, we're trying to, but it's not, we don't live life in a linear space like that, you know. So when it comes to spirit giving those messages or me having those insights, they're not always connected to the here and now. A lot of time they're connected to six months from now, a year from now, two years from now at some you know time. So 
I'm always grateful to receive the feedback from people over the years as well. When you talk about time and, you know, when you're talking about the future, say the future is happening now, the past is happening now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all happening at once, you know, right. and, and t- putting into the equation too, that we are affecting how our future is manifesting too, with the thoughts and energy that we're giving towards it as well, you know, with that free will element of it too, it's constantly changing and, and moving and evolving. So nothing's ever, it's not set in stone. We're here to create the experience for ourselves too. Otherwise it would be kind of boring, knowing, you know, right. everything that was going to happen, but knowing that we have an influence on that energy source and we're able to direct our energy and our intention to kind of really put the power back within us too. That's also big as well, you know, for people to know that you are creating your life right now, you are co-creating it. And so once you understand that and take full ownership for what you have created, then you're able to make the changes necessary. Right. Do you believe that you choose your parents or do you feel like you're all part of a group and you the vibration in the other before you come down has to be at a certain level together before you can connect to like to to create a family. I believe that it is literally set up this way before we come here where we're all up together. You know, I'm going to call it the cloud and (laughs) heaven. And we're like, okay, this lifetime, I'm going to be your mother. You're going to be gay in this life. You're going to have to learn how to, you know, go through that life as well. And then in the next life, we're going to switch roles. We're going to switch characters too. That's what I believe is what's happening. I think it's also too, when you think about your parents, your families, sometimes those parental figures, we don't feel towards them like that. We might view a parental figure as more of like a contemporary, you know, or more as a child sometimes as well. And that also goes back in the past to previous lifetimes when in that life they were your child and there's an energy that's been connected there from that time period. Hmm. It's the reason why you're feeling that way in this life. It's all connected. And why would we decide not to come back? We would stay and go to other planets. I really do feel. And again, um, I guess I'll know the full everything once I'm there, but from what I gather is that we do come back. And yes, there might be 80 years before we come back once we're with our soul groups again, once we've seen our children and their children go through their lifetimes as being a guide to them. And then once we're all back together again, we reassign those roles to each other. I hear people say, oh, that's it, Bill. It's my last life here. I can't, I'm too tired. I can't do it anymore. You know, I, have a smirk on my face, but it's a loving smirk, of course, because I'm I'm thinking I get it. And that's how it feels sometimes being here, you know, but once you're in that other way of being and thinking and feeling, you'll want to come back again. You will. You'll want to experience what this life has to offer. And there's so many benefits of being here in the first place, you know. But coming back, when you say coming back, is it always to earth? That's a great question. I believe that going back to free will, it is in a physical form, whether that be on this earth or another earth is another conversation as well, because there's so much happening around us that um, that I, I really do feel in time is going to be very apparent, actually, too, you know, so what do you mean by that? 
I just feel like just the knowing that we're not alone in the universe as well, uh, you know, in this little blue dot in the middle of nowhere, there's so much more happening. And I I really do believe that there's going to be more evidence of that coming too. Like where we're going, like they say we're moving into this new earth or 5D. Yeah, but but just having, you know, more of a collective experience too with that experience, if you want to call them ETs or whatever you want to, you know, call them as a version of ourselves in the future or whatever, but um, they are out there and that they're they're also part of the journey with us as well. Right. You do believe in dark energy and demons. I do in the sense, um, I call them dark digits. I actually learned that from somebody many, many years ago. It was somebody that was... Um, part of her journey was she would go into like the dream state and she would battle these sort of dark digits for people, you know, and we all have them. It's sort of like the yin to the yang, you know, and sometimes when we're feeling pulled down there, there might be an influence around us as well, which is why I always talk about how important it is to have our spiritual hygiene too, you know, and to really elevate ourselves, to cleanse our energy, to elevate our vibration. So we're not in a space or we're attracting like to us, you know, the same way that when someone has a low immune system, they're going to catch a cold, they're going to catch a virus. Right. It's the same kind of concept, you know, but I believe that the earth plane is the hell that we've come here to experience. And I believe that we have a lot of a lot going for us to make it our own version of heaven on earth if we choose. Like do you feel going on around us. Right. But it's what you focus on. You, I mean, I do that. I I live in heaven. I mean, I feel like my life is, I don't watch the news. I, you know, it's what you, what you focus on. Right. I mean, you talk about that too. A hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. So whatever you focus on perpetuates and grows and eventually comes to fruition, you know? So when you're able to redirect your energy and just your thoughts as well to a different way, what do you have to lose? Not much. Maybe the fear and maybe the the earthbound feelings, but it's about getting into a space of flow too, you know? And so I find that when we're able to really focus on something that pulls us out of the past and not into the, you know, perceivable future, but really into the now, there's a feeling that's associated with it that to me feels like just there's like a vacuum or something happening, you know, in front of me that's pulling me up higher. So it's a sweet spot that we all have access to. And we all know what it feels like because it feels just timeless, you know, and when we're there, it feels like we are invincible and it feels like there's no limits to what we are able to experience, you know. But it really does go down to our own power being behind those experiences. Our own power. Our own power. Our power to choose. It's our mm-hmm. power to choose. So the same way that you have the ability to choose what outfit you're going to wear today, you know, you also have the ability to choose in the morning to what thoughts you're wanting to focus on, what intention you're wanting to focus on. And all of that energy has a way of accumulating and bringing you into this present experience, or it has a way of pulling you back into the non-existent experience, right back into the past where we're not supposed to experience the past moment to moment. You know, we're supposed to look back at it as a way of going, okay, yes, I learned my lessons or That was a beautiful moment in time. I'm so grateful for it to recreate the energy around us right now. So 
talking about that, what I mean by that actually is because we're able to create the experience around us all down to what I would call our orbit, you know, or our own atmosphere, each and every one of us, how we get to that place is through feeling, thinking, and vibrating, right? So when you're able to think back to a time in your life that was so just beautiful and positive and um, secure and supportive, and you're able to bring that energy to this present moment, then you have that vibration now in your orbit. And that is a feeling of flow. And you're going to be experiencing more of that feeling because you're choosing to vibrate with it right now. Right. I love that. You know, I mentioned I have two daughters and they, you know, eighth grade and 11th grade. And, you know, I, we, I've taught this to them since they were in, in my stomach, you know, I mean, I've, we do all the gratitude, the intention setting, the vibration talk, you name it. Like what we've talked about here would just be normal language for them. Oh, they're so lucky. (laughs) And I have a passion for teaching that to children. And I think I have, like, you just find your purpose. Like that's my, out of this podcast, I've created classes where I teach children, teenagers, and I just see it in them. But when I see where they're kind of repeating, you know, I'm whatever out of high school, they're still repeating those, the math and the English and the, you know, the same studying that I did. And we're just not there anymore. And that part, I'm like, what would you say would be the most important thing if you could create a school or put books in a school or teach children these days? Like what would be your main focus? I think that it's important to have some structure, you know, within schools and to have an element of just knowledge about how the world works around us. But I would love to see more compassion and more ways of connecting energetically, you know, and maybe having a class on meditation, you know, maybe having a class on how to, what tools to help us when we're in a time of great need, you know, or when we are looking for inspiration and to also know too, that we're not all here to go to school, to be accountants, you know, we're not all here to go to school, to be doctors that we've all chosen a path on our trajectory that may look a lot different than the person next to us too. So coming at it from that angle of just this inclusive, just open way of, of being too, I think can go a long ways with that next generation of, of young people. Oh, so, you know, in your book, you write how you set the intention to, it's about manifesting. You wanted to speak at a retreat or something. And then it like, to, let's end, we're coming to the end, but about yeah. manifesting. And that was a fun. And I also loved the house how you were going to sell your house and you saw the redhead, but I had a similar story yes. and I'm not going to interrupt you, but it was like, when I was listening to that story, it was, I had an intention to buy this house. And he said, sorry, it's already sold. I said, no, that was my house. What are you talking about? He thought I was Looney tune. And I, the next day he calls me and said, it fell out of escrow. I'm like, okay, I know it's my house. I didn't have a doll. I didn't have any money. I didn't have, I had credit cards. It was when you could buy a house with no money down So I was like, it's my house. So long story short, it was my house. I figured it all, but I had no, I surrendered to how it was going to happen. I trusted and I knew it. It was like, it was like this knowing. And I think when you talk about that, so explain 
Let's end on fun manifestation. Uh If there's anything else you want to talk about from your beautiful book that I love, let's go there too. Thank you. I love how you put that because it's so true. When we have the the knowing or we have the call from inside of us, you know, and we, we can't quite make sense of it yet rationally, but we know it's supposed to be. The surrender aspect is so important with that because by surrendering, you're getting out of the way of muddying things up, you know, with your energy of, of how that could block you from actually receiving that manifestation. So going back to my own experience too with the house, it's a great story, actually. Um, I loved it. It was something that I just felt. Um, we had just bought our first home together. We were just there for a little over a year and I kept getting the nudge that it was time to move. And my partner was like, really? Already? And I was like, yes, I, it's this time to go. So we called our realtor and I told him what I was getting and who I felt was going to be, you know, buying our home down to her hair color. And- right. And he was, he was a, a believer in me because he had, yeah, he, he knew about me already. So, and long behold, a few weeks later, he's like, I think we have your person and it all checked <laughs> out. And then when we um, found our new home together, just walking in, I'm sure you have this experience too, but just when you walked in, there was a, a chill, you know, like your body responded to it. And it was a knowing that this is the house and I remember going through, you know, this was at a time when it was very difficult with all the bidding wars going on. Right. A lot of people that were trying to get the, the property. So I went and asked Spirit, I'm like, please just show me what I need, you know, to secure this. And and they did. And long story short, it was the exact dollar amount that was needed to secure the house. If it had even been one dollar less, right. back to the table again. So that's how it works. But I, I think it's it's a process of this duality, you know, when we're living between the physical and spiritual parts of ourselves that we have to be patient as well. We can't just act upon it in that moment. We have to kind of go back within, take some time, breathe it through, get out of our rational mind, be still, be present, almost like forgetting about it for a moment in time as well. To let the other web around us, the universal energy around us, the spiritual energy around us, to come and support that vision and to come and support that intention. And it always does. It always shows up exactly how it's supposed to be for our own personal journey. Right. In divine timing. I'm always, yes. Right. I always, you know, in my life, you know, I look back at the moments where I've surrendered and I've let go and I trust, and I know that if I think it's should be happening right now and I get, start getting frustrated and I catch myself, And I think why it's all perfect. My tagline is it's all perfect (laughs) because it is. And I really believe that And my, I mean, that's how I parent. If she, someone comes and mom, I'm this, they're on the crew team and she came home crying. And I said, honey, it's going to be so fun to see why that happened. And then we just turn it around and it's like, this is for you. Like, this is going to be amazing. And then they are like, oh, okay. Then she figures out a way to make it positive. You know, I love that. That's a great way of looking at it too. Whenever you feel bogged down or you're going against the flow or grain of something, or you're feeling this worrisome thought come up, you're not in the flow in that moment, you know, that you are locked in the rational ego part of yourself. So just recognizing that I think is half the battle, but also is half the gift as well. Because when you have the awareness of going, oh, I'm not in that space anymore. Okay. 
I have to get back into the space right now. And then once you're back in that space, there's no more pressure on it. There's no more fear about it. There's just a knowing that you are exactly where you're supposed to be right now. Exactly. It's perfect as you said. Yeah. I love it. And I love you. And I think you're amazing. (laughs) And I've had so much fun. Oh my God. It has been such a joy. And it's just, it's always so lovely having someone like yourself who understands this world too, you know, and who gets energy and it's just, um, it's been great. Thank you. And we can find you, give us your little, oh, where we sure. can find Bill Phillips and the way you spell your name. Cause if you spell it the regular way, you go to the guy that did all the workouts. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly about that. Yeah. So my, just my name, billphillips.com. It's one L two P's and you'll see everything that you need there from where I'll be traveling, you know, where I'll be, you know, teaching down to um, what I call daily inspiration as well that I do on social media every day for my community to help elevate them and help give them some spiritual insights for the day. You have books that you have in the future. I feel like they're there. They're in the cloud, you know, they haven't come into form yet, but I feel like they're there for sure. Yeah. And that's kind of what, like, where do you see yourself? Do you want to do bigger events? I find, and I feel that my purpose here is as a messenger. So I'll always be that messenger But there's also something really special about empowering people to find that connection themselves, you know, where they're not putting um, everything on the line for the the answers outside of themselves, where they're going within for that information. So I definitely see myself doing a lot more retreats and teachings and just paying it forward that way as well to keep that evolution going. Yeah. When you teach, like teaching channeling, teaching... Yeah, teaching channeling. And then also, I haven't got there yet, but I know it's going in that direction. Just these simple, basic techniques as well and visualizations from from this book too, that I think are really going to help people design their life in a different way and see the life in a different light. You know, just was popping, you know, you're psychic too. That's not a lot of people I've interviewed either are channels or they're psychic. You know, it's interesting. I like to call myself a channel, actually. Right. So, yes, I am a psychic and a medium, but taking away the labels of things, I think, is important sometimes because it creates a an energy, you know, towards it. Mm-hmm. I put myself just a channel, basically a channel for spirit, you know, and just using the word channel in, in that space, I feel pulls you into it as well. It kind of activates it, you know. Right. But to receive information from spirit. You have to be psychic, but we're all psychic, you know, and we all have that connection to a degree, you know, and I really think it just goes down to how courageous um, someone could be actually just going into that space and not letting the influence of the outside world affect them on their spiritual journey. Right. It's all practice. It's absolutely. Yeah, I believe that. And I've watched it in my own life, watching classes that I've taken where people are like a plus students. It's like discovering channeling and, you know, there all these abilities that we all have it, but it is practice. Yes. And I all about your book because the practices that you put in it are part of the process of getting to that place. If, you know, people want to do, you know, open up their gifts, like you have, you put it in a simple way of, and I think it's just amazing. The world is going in that direction, but with people like you that have stepped up and written these books to help people like get, you know, a little push 
along their way is beautiful. Thank you. That I love how you put that as well. I just want to add on to that for one second, because that was also a subconscious intention with this particular book as well as that just by simply reading it, that the, that the reader would be pulled into their own place of knowing, you know, and that's where that self-discovery can take place. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. And thank you so much. And until we meet again. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.